Hey, I'm Jenny Barr. And I'm Kim Godfrey. We're friends, former teachers, and homeschool moms ourselves who host the Homeschool Well podcast. We talk about topics that are important to homeschool moms so that you can be your child's best teacher. Hey, homeschool mom, before we start the show today, we wanted to tell you about a free resource we have to share with you, especially if you're new to homeschooling and need some tips to infuse into your school days, or maybe you've been homeschooling for a little while and just need some fresh ideas to have easier days. Well, we have a free guide for you called 30 Practical Tips to Be Your Child's Best Teacher. It has 10 tips for how to teach well, 10 tips to help your child learn well, and 10 tips for you, mom, so that you can be well while you are doing this homeschooling journey. To get this free guide after the show, go to the homeschoolwell.com tips. We know this practical and encouraging advice will give you confidence to help your homeschool thrive. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Homeschool Well podcast. Today, we are talking about homeschooling kids with ADHD. And we have six tips that you can use for planning your day and also a sample schedule that we will tell you about at the end. Before we get started, we just wanted to start with a Bible verse. When we talk about kids who have unique abilities or kids with ADHD, sometimes we get bogged down with things they can't do and we need to remember the things that they can do. And the verse we want to share with you is from Psalm 139 verses 13 through 14. And it goes like this, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And we need to remember that our kids are made in the image of God and he put them together just how they needed to be. And so I thought that was a great verse to kind of start with today. So when we talk about ADHD, we are going to just give you six tips that you can use today for just how to plan your day. And then one of our next podcast episodes will be activities you can do during the day with a child who's very active to make sure you're, um, you're kind of sneaking and learning all the time. So stay tuned for that in the next few weeks. So we're wondering, are you homeschooling a very active child? Maybe you have a child whose superpower is their never-ending energy. Maybe your child has been diagnosed with ADHD. Maybe he or she hasn't been diagnosed yet, but maybe you suspect that they would definitely qualify if you had them tested. Well, if this is you, then you are in good company. My oldest child was very, very active, and we eventually ended up pulling him out of public school because it was not a good fit for him. I suspected that he would have been diagnosed with ADHD back in the day, but we did not have him tested when he was really young, and I knew for sure that I didn't really want to explore the idea of putting him on medication. He was very skinny and didn't eat a lot anyway, and I didn't want to go there. Homeschooling had never even been on my radar. I had taught first grade in public school, and so the traditional school track was the path we had started. Since preschool, he had been one of the youngest in his class. His birthday was in May, and he was always full of life. His teachers were like, woo, he's full of life, right? School had definitely been a struggle for him, but we thought he would mature and things would get easier as he grew up a little bit. And we got along for a while, kindergarten first, but by second grade, he was getting in trouble quite frequently for behavior. 
and he was losing or not finishing his schoolwork. And I was spending a good amount of time on the phone at school, working with him on schoolwork at home that he had not finished during the day, which was rough after him being in school all day. Then we were supposed to finish this at home. And it was getting really stressful. And I thought, if I need to be at school this much and be this hands-on with him, I'm just going to pull him out and do it myself. And I can do it on my terms. If I pull him out, then I can. we can do what we want. And so that's where our homeschool journey began. Our school days at home were certainly easier in some ways than trying to get him to conform to the inflexible structure of public school. But we definitely still had many long and tiring days, and it took a few years to find what worked for him. Now, I'm giving you a disclaimer. I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just going to share with you today what worked for us, and I hope that you can use this information to use it with your child so that you can appreciate your son or daughter's learning style and use it for good. This is their superpower, right? They do undeniably have amazing capabilities to be able to go and go and go like that energizer bunny and never stop. And as my son has gotten older, he's an adult now. He has, um, he's calmed down some. He's also finally gotten an official ADHD diagnosis. He does still struggle with time management and completing tasks that he doesn't like doing, but the tips that we implemented a while ago have started to become strategies that he is starting to integrate into his adult life. So he's not, he's not there yet, but he is starting to realize some of these things that he needs to be doing. So we want to go ahead and give you those six tips for planning your homeschool days. And then we will give you um, an idea of what my sample schedule looked like when he was younger so that you could um, use that information to design a schedule of your own. Tip number one for planning your days with a child who is very active or has ADHD is to schedule exercise first thing in the morning. This is so, so important. Have you ever heard the phrase, a tired dog is a good dog? Well, it applies to kids too. You cannot expect a puppy to behave during the day if it hasn't been exercised extensively. And the same thing goes for active kids. My boy needed outside time every morning before the school day got well underway. We would go on long bike rides to the park We would spend time in nature, looking at animals, trees, and birds. This was things that he loved. And hello, science, we can do school out there too. And he would be doing all these things while he was doing wheelies and jumping hills on his bike. This was such a critical piece of our day. And I have to say, as a mom, was this tiring for me? Yes, it was. But do you know what else was tiring? Dealing with craziness all day if we did not make sure to get outside and get that exercise. So I finally just resigned myself to the fact that it had to be done and it was going to be good exercise for me too. This would be my workout, right? So tip number one, exercise first thing in the morning, get that done. Tip number two, use your child's interest to drive instruction. Lots of moms will choose curriculum and then try to make their child conform to it. This is no different than public school. Homeschooling brings great freedom when it comes to what to teach and how to teach it. My son was very interested in animals and nature, and that became a driving force for his education. 
He was so motivated to read and write about these subjects, which would make everything so much easier when we use those for school. Yes, it does take a bit more research than just buying a big box curriculum and turning to page one and getting started, but it is so worth it. So Google homeschool unit studies for tons of ideas that can go with the interests of your child, and that will help you, and we can help too. Tip number three, plan for short lessons and use timers. If my son was interested in something, he could spend hours reading about it or watching videos about it or exploring about it outside. In fact, he was a fisherman and he would stand there and fish for hours, not go to the bathroom, not eat, not drink. He would just zone in on fishing. But if it was something he did not want to do, it needed to be a short lesson with a timer so that he could see how much time was left before he got a break. So for instance, math, he could not stand math. This was definitely not one of his favorite subjects, but it had to be done. And I couldn't always make it about animals and things that he liked when he got older. Other topics like spelling and grammar were not always his favorites, but we made sure that these lessons were about 15 to 20 minutes max, and then he would get a break. Sometimes after that break, we would move on to a different subject or something else. And then sometimes we would just need to come back for another, maybe 10 minutes and finish it up. And as a side note, if I added some popcorn or pretzels or a few Skittles to the side on some of these tough subjects that he did not care for so much, it really helped. A snack always makes everything better. So keep the lesson short and tight and use a timer if necessary. Tip number four, make lessons as active as possible. Our kids do not need to be sitting to do school or to learn. Get them up and move them around as much as necessary. So like, do you need to work on math facts? Go practice on the trampoline or with a jump rope, calling out facts as they go. Do you need to have them retell a chapter of a book back to you? Have them narrate it on a balance board. Are you learning about historical events? Have them build with Legos as they listen or act out stories from the past. There are so many ways to learn and show proof of learning without having to sit and write something down or show proof on a worksheet. Vary the lessons during the day so your child can move around. That was tip number four. On to tip number five, make a daily plan or checklist. Keeping a daily checklist was extremely helpful for us in keeping my son on track with his schoolwork. His daily checklist included morning jobs, his lessons for the day, one or two chores he needed to complete after schoolwork, and then events that were going to happen later in the day, like swim practice, church, those were listed on there too. He could see everything laid out, how much was left, and how much he had already accomplished. And as he got older and started working more independently, this was a way that I could see how much he had finished as well. And it kept us all on track. So this was a great help. And tip number six, plan your day so that there is something motivating your child at the end to complete their schoolwork. So in other words, structure your day so that when your child completes the things that were expected, there is a way to get something they like to do. Could be free time, screens, outside, whatever. And I'm not necessarily talking about a prize or a reward, and I'm not talking about framing it in that way. I'm only referring to making sure that there is time in the day for them to be free. This was like dangling a carrot over my son as he would think about 
This is what he needed to do to finish. This was his incentive. And I might say, remember, if you want time to be able to do, you know, whatever it was, fill in the blank, you need to have these things done by two o'clock so that you will have time to do what you want. My son slowly became in charge of motivating himself so that he would have time after he was done during the day to do the things he wanted to do or before we had to leave for music lessons or swim practice, doctor's appointments, whatever it was. This worked very well for us. This little carrot dangling kind of at the end of the day where he wanted to get things done so that he could be free. On the flip side, I will say this. If I framed my language in a different way, like if I framed my language in a punishment way, it would kind of make him shut down. He would just kind of give up and not really care. So for instance, if I would start nagging and say, you're not going to get to do this today because you're not getting those math problems done, that was just not motivating to him. He didn't care. He was not motivated at all by the threat of something bad that would happen to him. He was really only motivated when my language was framed in a positive way where something good was coming at the end of whatever he needed to do. And I don't know if this would work for your kid too, but for mine, this was, this was a big key and I found it interesting. It was really important. So I just wanted to throw that in there. So to recap, the tips again, number one, schedule exercise first thing. Tip two, use your child's interest to drive their instruction. Tip three, plan for short lessons and use timers and snacks. Tip four, make lessons as active as possible. Tip five, make a daily plan or checklist to stay on track. And then tip six is to plan your day and set it up so that there's something motivating your child to complete their schoolwork. Okay, so those are the six tips. Now, I just wanted to give you like a sample schedule of what our day looks like. And if you um, are a visual person, this is very brief, but you can go to the homeschoolwell.com slash blog and you can look at the schedule. It's written out instead of just listening to it. But I'm, this is just really brief. It's not very specific. But our schedule did change over the years, but this would be like an example of maybe what a typical day would look like when my oldest son was between maybe the ages of like eight and 11, which were the ages when he was very active. So in the morning, we would wake up, do morning jobs. He had to brush his teeth, hair, bed, get those things done. And those were on his checklist for the day. Like as a visual reminder, those needed to be done. Um, then we would do breakfast and devotions together. Sometimes after that, while I was kind of just cleaning up, um, he would end up doing like some independent work. Sometimes he would say, I want to get something done, or I want to look at this or do this. Lots of times it was kind of his choice, something that he wanted to do that he was interested in, or something um, like science that he would want to get done right away and say, oh, I'm going to do this first or get it done. Not all the time, but sometimes he did do that. Then after that, we would get outside to get the energy out and it would be extended outside time. And I'm talking like an hour bike ride going in the woods, in the park, maybe hour and a half. Um, it was usually pretty long, sometimes up to two hours if we saw something really cool, but um, it was, it was a good 
it was a good deal. It was around 10 o'clock too. So we had already kind of been up for a little while. And so this was a nice mid morning outside exercise time. Then we would come back to some family work with, with a snack, like history, science, geography, maybe literature, like a read aloud things we would do together as a family with um, both of my kids. And then they would kind of split up and we would do math after that right before lunch. So a nice thing about lunch was like, okay, let's get our math done so we can eat. And that kind of hurried us along. There was always, there's always like something to get us going to the next thing. After lunch, we would do some more family work, kind of relax, like art or music, maybe poetry, literature. And then we would do some writing, grammar, and other things like that in the afternoons. And then it would be like, okay, that's the last thing. So hurry and get that done so that you can get your jobs done and get to your free time. After the writing or English, they would have one or two chores they were responsible for getting done. And then they were free. They were free for as many hours as were available until we needed to go do something else like run an errand or go to swim practice or go to church or anything like that. So there's always... um, in my experience and working with my son, whenever we, we would kind of vary it, it would be something that would be kind of easy and then something that was hard. And then right after the hard thing, there would be like lunch or a snack or outside or free time or something that would kind of move them to the next thing that was a little bit motivating. So we hope that this helps you and we would love to know if you have any questions. You could email us or contact us. We are at thehomeschoolwell.com. If you would like extra help from us directly, you can set up a coaching call with us. Maybe you need a little help to get over a part where you're stuck with your child, or maybe you're just tired of trying to figure this out on your own. We can help you do things like set up a schedule or choose curriculum or whatever you need. Go ahead and go to thehomeschoolwell.com slash coaching. And you can book a call there with us. Our calls are full of ideas and we record them so that you can watch them later. We send you notes and steps to do next so that you know exactly which direction you should go. We're here to give you a solid plan and help you succeed whether you're just starting out or you've reached a new spot in your homeschooling and just need some fresh set of eyes to help you with your unique kid. We hope this was helpful for you today and we will see you next time. Bye. We just wanted to take a quick minute to remind you about that free gift we have for you, the 30 practical tips to be your child's best teacher. Just go to the homeschool.com slash tips to download the guide now for yourself. Are you looking for a place to connect with other homeschool moms? Well, we have a platform where members gather to support each other throughout their homeschool journeys. Moms just like you. We even have a spot for your kids to interact online in privacy and safety. So head over there and start creating community. Homeschoolwell.com.